You're listening to the Watling and Owen Show. Hello and welcome to a football Thursday on the Watling and Owen Show. It's Matt Watling. It's Luke Owen. Luke, I'm glad you said what you said before the show. Uh, you told me that you want to change your picks because I too don't have my pick written down. Um, and, and welcome to the show, Luke. I, I hope you're doing okay. It was great to see you this weekend. Um, I'm glad to see that you've finally, you know, grown up a little bit and you're ready to face the music. Yeah, I mean, it was a really emotional weekend. You know, we had Saturday, we had the uh, Syracuse Miami game, which ended in a Quadir Copeland three point buzzer beater, which was insane. I mean, the craziest. I think singular moment I've ever seen in a live sporting event. You know, I've seen some great things like, you know, Syracuse knocking off Clemson in football was, you know, the, I would say the greatest I've ever been to. Of just one moment, it's hard to beat a three. So it was elation on Saturday, and of course the uh, the disappointment on Sunday. Right. And, and do you think it would have made a difference Sunday if if I was there? Like if I was watching the game, do you think there would have been a, a better outcome? It's definitely possible. I mean, certainly, you know, we don't have any teams in common except for, I guess, Syracuse at this point. And when we're pulling together, our forces, you know, led to victory. So, you know, there's definitely definitely part of me that thinks it could have could have changed things. Well, and and I know like we've kind of gone back and forth on on this point. There are times when you suffer some really bad losses that I will text you. I'm sorry, buddy, with a heart. Do you prefer that or do you prefer the the just letting it sit and, and kind of ignoring it? Because I don't know if you noticed, I also didn't really write in the group chat either. I tried to just take myself out of any conversation you were in and, and let you just sit in it. It's kind of, to be honest, what it's come to feel like for me is like a family. Like the cl- not my feeling specifically, but the way that people treat me like – I, you know, after the game, I didn't look at my phone to be completely honest. After Bass missed the field goal, I, I threw my phone on the couch. I sat there for probably 25 minutes. Um, and Ashley had to turn the TV. I didn't turn the TV off, but I wasn't watching it. And then I didn't look at my phone. I actually went and took a shower. Then I thought about things in the shower, came out and looked at my phone. And I saw like, Three people had tagged me in tweets and obviously the group chats and everything. So, like, it, it wouldn't have mattered either way because, to be honest, I didn't really want to be on my phone that night because I knew what was about to happen on Twitter. Right. And we'll get to our picks later on the show. I haven't written mine down. Luke wants is considering changing his. All I know, Luke, is that we'll have our picks locked in by the end of the show. And it's it's gotten tight, Matt. Yeah. It's gotten tight. And – I I was rooting for the Bills to win by two points or one point. I will say that outright. I could not imagine. I did not imagine a, a situation where I now sit two two points back of you in the picks with three games to go. So whoever wins more games in these final three essentially wins it all. Unless there's a tie, which would be – I think I'm rooting for a tie. If you could get me and you both just sitting there having to just – just a full-on love session – Five, five slides each of just a lot of love would be nice after after what we've been through the last several weeks. Is, is that what's going to happen? We both have to do the punishment? Yeah, then we should, we should split it in half. You get five, I get five. No tiebreak? I, I would love that. I don't know about you. I, I love sharing the love. I think that'd be fun. But to get back to the, the game, Luke, it, it felt in a way 
like the second half, it really turned the tides. In the first half, I was confident for the Bills. I thought they'd win the game. They ran the ball super well. Even through the first three quarters, they ran the ball really well. I saw a stat earlier today. They were averaging 3.9 yards per rush before contact. And it seemed like in the fourth quarter and really after that first drive uh, in the second half, they just could not move the ball from that point on. Yeah, I mean, it was it was really bully ball in the beginning of the game. And it felt like it was going to continue. And then things kind of got tough in the second half. And I think they kind of got tough for both teams. I know Kansas City obviously ended up doing a better job. But, you know, the Bills actually did end up forcing a couple of punts in key spots. Force that fumble out of the back of the end zone. But, yeah, I mean, once the run game stopped going, um, you know, the only answer they really had was those kind of short passes to you know Dalton Kincaid and Khalil Shakir but I mean the biggest I think issue for the Bills offense in the second half was they just didn't have any vertical threats I mean the the drops it um you know could have been a better pass maybe I don't know but it's it's tough when your offense I mean look at Josh Allen he had 26 completions but only 186 yards you know 4.8 yards per completion that's really not numbers that you're accustomed to seeing from him. And it just felt like without Gabe Davis and with Stefan Diggs struggling, they just didn't have an opportunity to move the ball vertically. So Kansas City is like, okay, we'll stack the box. You can have your short completions. Just don't be this deep. And that was kind of their formula. It was. And I feel like for the Bills on this side, you you know, the, the pressure was strong by Kansas City. I thought, you know, Josh Allen did a good job running out of that. I don't think he was even sacked. I don't think there's any sacks in this game. Luke, which is kind of a credit to the two quarterbacks. No, not a single sack. But for the Bills, it kind of, to me, and it's, it's been coming down the last several weeks, really the last eight weeks of the season, Stephon Diggs was essentially invisible. I mean, your, your leading receiver for the, for the team was, was Dalton Kincaid for 45 yards, right? Uh, Shakir had 44 yards. Diggs had three reception for 21 yards. And you want to get the ball in his hands. But it just—it felt like he was almost hurt the entire back half of the season because he didn't have one game over like 90 yards or 80 yards receiving. It was really shocking, and for him to not show—not necessarily not him not show up, but for him to not make an impact in this game when he is the guy you need. And Gabe Davis is hurt and missing, and a lot of injuries from on the offensive side of the ball. That I think for me was the most disappointing because if he has a Stephon Diggs game or even 60 yards, I think this is a big difference because you can start working in play action more, right? You look at the the passing game really wasn't that effective. It was the run game for this team. And if Diggs is able to get open a few more times and, and, and make a couple of plays, I think he dropped a wide open, you know, opportunity on, on one go around. Like it, it does make a big difference. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think Diggs definitely needs to, you know, take some accountability. I mean, he hasn't spoken since the end of the game, which he never does after the season ends. But like, at the end of the day, it feels like every year, you know, people want to throw a lot of blame at Josh Allen, but Stephon Diggs was not good down the stretch. I mean, that's a catch that he has to make as a number one receiver uh, on that deep ball. He doesn't make the play. And I know this is a different off or there's a lot less. He better. I mean, point blank, he, you know, he's not going anywhere. Um, I mean, unless, you know, things change, obviously, if he demands it's not movable. So, you know, they're kind of, you know, stuck with him, I guess, for lack of a word. And I don't know, I would have liked to see a little bit more accountability. I mean, after the throw, you saw him be like, you know, this close. I don't know if he's saying this close on the catch, this close on the throw, whatever. But 
I don't know, man. Like some of the body language and some of the stuff, it, it definitely has rubbed me the wrong way. I still think he's a great leader. I think there's a lot of things on the sidelines that you see behind the scenes um, that aren't necessarily always pushed to the front. But yeah, I mean, he he has to be better. Yeah, he 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 does. And I I know there's a lot of starters from available, but let's not act like he's not supposed to be the best receiver on the team, right? Like you're gonna get eight, nine, ten targets if you're the best receiver, and or you should be. And and I just I don't know. You say he's not going anywhere, even if he, you know, unless he requests a trade. But this is a team, and we'll we'll get to the the off season more. But they're forty nine million dollars over the cap. Von Miller has a twenty three, twenty four million dollar cap. It's Stephon Diggs is at twenty eight million. Those are significant numbers. And if you need to start making moves, can you move off of Diggs and go out there and take your twentieth overall pick and get a a Jordan Addison type receiver or a Zay Flowers type receiver and reset the offense? Because I don't know but if Diggs can't. is, is Diggs the number one anymore. But you can't. There, you can't move his cap. Like if you cut him, cap, what's the dead cap? Is it, is it, it's enormous. Okay. It, it's like a thirty, like a twenty million, thirty million dollar cap. Gotcha. Which, but you're, you're just not going to happen. So I think type, and then you hope, you know, he's not Justin Jefferson anymore, but you hope that by having another threat, it kind of elevates his game. And I like Shakir a lot, but he's not no. exactly, you know, a, a deep ball threat. He's a smaller guy. He kind of finds those spaces. I thought Kincaid, I mean, the best rookie. He, he's, the, he's the key to this team. Right. He is the he is the difference right now. Is but Kincaid. they need another receiver. I mean, I've said it all. Oh year. yeah, you and, can't run Diggs, Kincaid, and, and even you know, um, oh the other tight end. I don't think I wrote down his name. Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox. Like you, you can't run two tight ends and then that and Diggs and expect a better offense. You need something more, and it goes down to what Bean can do in the offseason. Like you have to move it around and, and be tricky with it. But this was a game I mean, that yeah. really felt like the Bills were in control until the the fake punt in my eyes at least and yeah they were down at the time three but in my eyes you, you punt them you get them deep in their own territory you, you trust your your defense which was pretty good that game like that's a, that's a fine game for them and then hopefully you know you get the ball back and you make something work out and, and obviously you know they're fortunate with the McCall Hardman fumble out of the end zone but it just felt like McDermott kind of coached himself into a pretzel I really think that if, well, let me ask you this, Matt. Like, if McCall Hardman scores the touchdown and doesn't fumble, does Sean McDermott has it have a job right now? Like, I really think that might have saved his job, and and maybe not because, like I said, the the Pagulas have never been quick to pull the trigger on firing someone. They they've said, you know, we understand how hard it is to win a championship. It's good that we're a consistent winner. Blah blah blah. But like, I mean, that's one of the worst calls you could possibly have. A fake punt to Demar Hamlin is has to go down as one of the more insane things that I've ever seen in a playoff game. It just it doesn't really make sense to me. In in the sense that you're if you don't get it, and obviously you, you didn't there, you're you're basically giving up the game because you've got them right within field goal range. They can kill time. You expect a, a Chiefs offense like that to score a touchdown. I just I don't understand the, the play call at all. And you know, maybe there was thoughts that the that the kid the the punter is hurt. But at that point, don't you just get a different guy like don't you i don't know i i, you know, I just you if you're that like i understand you know the element surprise blah, blah blah but like here's the thing like if you're that worried about giving the ball back i don't really care about the element surprise at that point just keep josh down on the what field and try the to get down the five yards. In distance it was fourth and what it was five Four? fourth and five 
I just, I, I, I think, you know, if, if it's a one or two yard play, I get it. Cause you can do a QB sneak and get Josh over the line, but anything far than that, I just, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. It was fourth and five from their own 30. Yeah. It makes no sense to me. Oh, I, you know, and, is that the 40 or the 50? Yeah, go for it. I get it. But you're well, right like, in field goal range. You're giving them a free field goal. I mean, I guess the, the surprise is like no way they would give the ball to DeMar Hamlin in this situation. Like, listen, it's it's obviously been a great story. I'm so happy that DeMar Hamlin is alive. The fact that he's playing football is crazy. Um, but he's, you know, he's a he's a safe, the backup safety. He plays special teams. He's not a like, huge guy that's going to run over a guy. It just it didn't make any sense, and I know you know Jay Feely was saying, oh, they saw they only had ten players, but like, I don't know, man, it made no sense to me. And then I just, I really think the biggest difference between the Chiefs and the Bills is their coaching. I, I honestly believe that. I know Patrick Mahomes is awesome. Um, you're probably taking him over Josh Allen, but I think the difference there is pretty negligible. Uh, and then you look at the offenses. You know, Kelsey was great. Um, the Bills' defense was banged up, but like, I really just think McDermott gets coached. You know, you said it. He coaches himself in circles. It's happened all year. It's happened uh, in the playoffs every single time. It happens again against the Chiefs. And I just don't see a world where Sean McDermott is the one that hoists the Lombardi for the Bills. And that's the most disappointing part is you look at this team. Yeah, they have flaws. But, like, could you have seen them winning the Super Bowl with this roster? Of course you could. And it just feels like every single year is another wasted opportunity for Josh Allen. And it's it's really frustrating because it doesn't feel like that aspect is ever going to change. And that's kind of what, what happens next is, you know, Josh Allen's been great. You look at the numbers he's had in the postseason, he has the second best touchdown interception ratio. He's second in the NFL history in rushing yards in the playoffs for a quarterback, which is, you know, interesting. It's not average, it's total. You know, Lamar Jackson in three more games could catch up to him or whatever. But I just, it's, it's kind of like, where do you go from here? Because this was your chance, right? This was an off year for the Chiefs. You caught them by surprise. You don't know what's going to happen against the Ravens, but. I feel confident that this team could have beaten the Ravens or at least played them very close, right? I like the way they play. I think the offense could do enough. But where do you go from here? What What is the change you make? I might be off on this. I feel like you would have fired McDermott already unless you're waiting a week to really think it through if you're if you're Brandon Bean. But, like, where do you go from here? Because this is a big offseason of change, and there's a lot of uncertainty in, in Buffalo. And it's frustrating because you look at the coaches that are available right now, and it's like, you know, some people are like, well, it's too late to fire a coach. It's really not because, you know, Bill Belichick's probably a foregone conclusion to Atlanta, it seems. Harbaugh was going to go to the Chargers. But like, Vrabel's an option. You're telling me I would love Mike Vrabel. I would love even Pete Carroll because it's not – the window's right there. It's not like they're going to need a 10-year rebuild. They just need a new coach in there that knows how to coach, that knows how to manage clock. Like, you're telling me you can't get a Mike Vrabel or a Pete Carroll or – you know, I know Ben Johnson seems like he's going to the commanders, but you can't give him an interview. It's just – it's frustrating because there's so many good options out there. And instead, you know, look, is McDermott a good coach? Yes, I think he's a good coach. I think he's elevated the defense, um, but offensively – they have really struggled and they haven't really found a solution. And, you know, it looks like Joe Brady probably will get hired full-time offense coordinator. Great. But like, it's the clock management stuff. It's the little things that win and lose you playoff games. And Sean McDermott has failed. I mean, even looking back, like third quarter, they have to burn a timeout early. And it's like, well, that's going to come back to bite them. And it did, you know, the chiefs, they were one first down away from winning the game. They got it. So it's, it's frustrating, man, because you need, uh, a more competent head coach when it comes to these late game situations and kind of feels like the bills fall short every single time. Right. And it just doesn't seem like they're going to make that move 
a, a coach in. And I think that's the big, that's the best thing you can do with a roster and the cap constraint that you, you do have. And, um, where, I mean, Luke, is there any last nuggets you kind of have on the, on this game? You know, where do you sit with, is Josh Allen, I mean, I assume Josh Allen's your guy based on what you've, you've talked about him, Like, where else do you sit with this team and, you know, going ahead? It kind of feels like if you don't think Josh Allen's a guy, just, I don't, I don't trust your opinion, to be honest. Like, that's why I just, I just almost had to delete Twitter because it's like, I just, I can't, I can't deal with that. I can't deal with like, oh, you know, Josh Allen just doesn't have that extra gear. Like, he played, you know, basically perfect football in the playoffs once again. I don't know how much more you need to see from him. And like the pass to Shakir that ends up short on second down, people are saying you should have checked it down to Diggs. But like it was the right play. It's just unfortunate. You know, Deion Dawkins got beat by Chris Jones on the edge. Josh isn't able to step into the throw and he throws it short. So I still think it's the right play to make. I still want him with the ball in his hands in those situations. It's just I'm really frustrated by people that are like acting like, it's all on Josh Allen. It just doesn't make any sense. And what's so unfortunate and unlucky for this team is if you have one linebacker healthy that you're missing, I do think this is a different game. Because Travis Kelsey had a really, really good game, and he's essentially going against, what, like practice squad, third string Yeah, I mean, linebacker. A.J. Klein was a planning a family vacation two weeks ago, and now he's guarding Travis Kelsey in the playoffs. It's crazy. Is it fair to make that excuse, or is it football? Like, like where do you sit with things like that? Because I think it's a valid excuse, but also – this is now the, the, the third year in, in four that you've been eliminated by, by the Chiefs. Like, what, what gives? Yeah, I, I think it can be – I mean, I think it can be both, right? It's a valid excuse, but also it can't be the only reason you lost this game. Like, you've been thin at linebacker all year. I know Bernard's been awesome. Dodson's been awesome. But, you know, Milano's been out all season pretty much. And, yeah, like you could say if they were fully healthy. But also you could go back and be like, you know, the Chiefs – lost their two starting safeties and you know they had no receivers all year like there's always going to be reasons and their offensive line got a little bit banged up so I think you know looking forward yes you, if they're fully healthy sure maybe it's a different outcome but like I don't know it's the crazy part is we haven't mentioned Tyler Bass at all and obviously he's the one that missed the kick because it just was such a foregone conclusion that even if he made the kick they were going to lose the game yeah and I think that's in it I guess an important note it, you know that last drive stalling out is tough it feels like they weren't playing. They they were playing as if they had already gotten the tie in a sense, and going for the field goal. Yes. Look, you get the tie, you go to overtime. But isn't there a certain bit of aggressiveness you want to to score? And it felt like not the pressure was up on the players, but the moment felt like it kind of made things just fall apart in, in a sense. Not for any one guy, but just like the idea just, of trying to drain, you know drain clock out and the thoughts of thirteen seconds, and you know the idea of just kicking it and being passive. It, just, it was very strange to me because usually in games like this against Matt, Patrick Mahomes, you're going for the jugular, you're going for the lead and trying to put it away, at, you know, as quickly as you can instead of, you know, forcing overtime. I really think they played to not lose instead of playing to win. Like, you know, I was texting with my dad and my brother during the game and I was like, we were all in agreement. like, this can be the last possession, but it needs to end in the end zone. Like it's, a field goal is not going to really do you a ton of good here. And again, like 13 seconds where they sit back and prevent, let them pick up chunks to not get burned deep. It's like at some point you have to just grab the game and be like, we're going to win this thing. And you know, I wouldn't, of course I wouldn't have gone, I would not have gone for it on fourth and nine, but you're telling me the two plays before that they couldn't have, you know, run the ball or had a quick pass for four or five yards, a third and five, a fourth and three, like if it's fourth and three, I'm going for it to be completely honest. Like I'm not kicking the field goal there. I 
don't have a ton of confidence in Bass. He's looked shaky all the way down the stretch this year. So it, it didn't feel great going into that kick anyways. And I just, again, you, you nailed it on the head, but like, it just feels like so many times in the playoffs, McDermott ends up playing conservative. You know, he's a defensive coach. So he's thinking, Oh, we get the field goal. We get a stop. But it's like, you hadn't really gotten many stops the entire second half and they were picking up a lot of chunk plays. So it's, yeah, they, they didn't play to win. Which is, unfor- but also like, that's kind of a, a notion when you go into this game and, you know, you're things clench up, things tighten up a little bit. Is, is that coaching? Right. Like, should they have known going into should there have been a plan saying, hey, we're going for it on fourth down no matter what. And what we need to do on second and third down is get those couple yards, like you said earlier, Luke, to make sure that this happens. Or, you know, what I'm saying like it did kind of feel like that last drive ended so abruptly and suddenly that there wasn't much kind of, you know, chess in, in you know, long distance thinking, I, I guess, is the best way to, to phrase it. Yeah, it was so weird because it was a long drive. I mean, it was almost seven minutes long, but at the end it was like. Oh, all is now oh, it's fourth down. Oh, they got a kick. And then it's like, oh, the game's over. Like there was no like real cohesiveness to the end of the game. Right. But in that same vein, if you go from fourth and fourth and three, let's say, and I agree, like once you get to fourth and nine, you're kicking the field goal. It's, it's not a likable play to make. If you, if you don't get it on fourth, you know, fourth and three, are you, are you ripping McDermott? Or are you saying, look, he put it in the, in the hands of his best player, Josh Allen. I know. Things just didn't work out. I know. That's the tough part, right? It's it's Monday morning quarterback. You know, would we be sitting here being like, why wouldn't you just take the points? Like hindsight. But yeah, I just, I just rather would have the season on the line with my best player than with a kicker, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's the tough part. And I'm surprised he didn't use his legs in any of those plays leading up to the fourth down either, which he was, I mean, he was great with, with the legs. And I do not want to have an off season full of discourse where it's Sean McDermott being like, Oh, you know, we got to run the ball more. We got to make sure we, you know, Josh protects himself. Josh protected himself all season long and he saved himself for these moments. And, and I delivered. think that shows. Yeah. And I think that shows the growth and the maturity of him where, you know, it's week three, he's not going to be killing himself for an extra three yards, but then in the playoffs, he's still your best, you know, weapon with the legs. So I just, I don't want to deal with that. And I know, you know, Beans already said, you know, this is not going to be an offseason where we make a big splash, which is 100% true. This is a big draft for them. They're not going to be able to make a Von Miller type acquisition, which he's been great. Has been um, but it's not going to be one of those offseasons. It's going to be about retooling. You're probably going to lose Gabe Davis. You're probably going to lose a lot of guys on the D line, but your offensive line is all intact, which I think is huge. And they played all season together, which to me, like, talk about the Jets, talk about the Giants cohesiveness as the offensive line it might be one of the biggest factors in football that you know kind of goes under the radar just having the those five guys all season long without getting hurt is so huge and i think it helped the team so much when they were lacking other spots on offense so i think that helps but yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a long off off season there's gonna be a lot of decisions to make right uh luke how do you feel about your picks now um i feel Really good about one of them, and I hate the other one. I'll say that. <laughs> in, in my, so I was doing a little, and, little reading. And oh, while I was talking, just yeah, oh, reading yeah. up. That's why I was asking you so many questions. I, I need to get some some oh, research okay. in. Um, and in my brain, the the data I'm reading is is just contradicting itself. It's ruining. Me. Oh, it really is. I've seen a lot. Listen, I this is. I need to not just pay attention to those like against the spread things because it's like, oh, Mahomes is this as an underdog, but it's like, oh, but also the Ravens are like, it's like they all like mix and match and it's just, it's yeah. tough. Yeah. Um, 
But why don't we go around the NFL? I will say this. My well, let me say this quickly. My gut reaction uh Monday morning has completely flipped. So I'm like, I'm going against what my first like inkling was when I saw the line. Too. And it's I think we're yeah. on the same sides here. I don't know. I think we are. We might be. Actually, I think it should be tough for you. I think it's... the NFC were different. But okay. I think the AFC were similar. Because I imagine you and I had the same initial thought. And if you flipped your initial thought, like I did, then I think we're on the same page there. But uh, any last notes on the, on the, on the Bills? Do you, do you have any – how do you feel? Are you okay? Yeah, I mean, I'm fine at this point. But it's it just sucks because I, do, I think the hardest part, honestly, is just reading the discourse online because it's just so frustrating. But – I just I still feel how I'm going to feel probably for the next four or five years, which is as long as Josh Allen is the quarterback, I still think they're going to have chances. But it's part of me kind of hopes the Chiefs just win the whole thing because I don't really care how many rings Mahomes get this uh, gets at this point. Like he's he's going to have more than Allen. That's never going to be a question. Like Josh Allen's not going to go out and win you know five Super Bowls out of nowhere. That's just that's not the Bills' luck. It's just not going to happen. So I kind of just hope he wins it because, like, if Lamar gets one, that's like, oh, man, there's another guy in there. But, like, right now, you look at the young quarterbacks, you know, the, the Burrows, the Jacksons, the Allens, the Hurt, none of them have won besides Patrick Mahomes. So you're kind of in a safe spot right now. Right. And, and even still, like, you get – I think if you get one, you're good. If you get two, you're, you're kind of in a special tier. Oh, if – I don't really care. If I – listen, this – if I if the Bills win one, I'm sure my opinion will well, I'm, change. I'm speaking more of Josh well, like, Allen I, than of you. I know. Oh, okay. Like I feel I like you're saying me. I, I like me personally. I'll sign up for one. I like the, the the conversation of you know Aaron Rodgers has what one. He wants to get to two to be like Peyton Manning. Second was special and important. Right. You know, right. Eli's second was m- miraculous. I don't even really think of Eli as you know a two time Super Bowl champion. You just think of him as you know. Eli, right? Like he's not really in the. In I mean, the Big Ben's second was huge because you know he won his first his rookie year, and it you know people were like, "Oh, great defense, great run game," and then he goes out and win it, wins it in two thousand nine. So yeah, I mean, the second one is certainly important, but like for me, I just I just need yeah. one man. I need I need Josh I Allen need to get one. one before Joe Burrow does. I'm sick of the the, the Bengals fans on social oh, media. The, yes, the Bengals fan They're nonsense. So I, I just would be so crushed if Josh Allen retires without a Super Bowl, like on the Bills. It would just it would kill me, man. Like he's given so much and he's he's so damn good and he's so fun to watch. And it's like it's just frustrating that the rest of the team and his coaches is just kind of failing. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's sad. All right. Uh quickly to the, around the NFL. Um the the Ravens, you know, last week handled the Texans in the second half. They put up twenty four and answered. It was tied ten ten at the half. They win 34 to 10. I thought it was the Ravens defense that really impressed me because CJ Stroud has looked really good all season long, looked great against the Browns, a very good defense. And they really, you know, devised a really nice plan and and changed in the second half to just completely take over the game. Yeah. I thought one of the sneaky great things that they did was they stopped the run. I mean, you don't think about the Texans as a great run team, but Devin Singletary playing well down the stretch was so big because it really helps out, you know, CJ Stroud did not have to throw what he did 33 times um, in that game. And Singletary had nine carries for 22 yards. He wasn't moving the ball. So I, I really 
I think that was kind of an underrated uh, way the Ravens won this game was they stopped the run. They made CJ Stroud throw a million times. And yeah, their, their defense looks scary. Yeah. Uh, Niners Packers, Niners eke out a 24-21 win. Both quarterbacks look terrible in my eyes. I, you know, I, I and talk about social media discourse, Luke. You were, you were in on the anti-Jordan Love bandwagon going into the game. You, you kind of nailed <laughs> it. He was not great. Two picks, including a game ender. 31, 21 of 34. And then Brock Purdy, 23 of 39. What's so crazy is both these guys threw for over 34 attempts. It feels like these teams are built to run the ball. These are the, the quarterback. Look, Jordan Love's had a great season, but he's still young. Like, why are you putting so much pressure on him? And for Brock Purdy to have to throw the ball nearly 40 times without Debo Samuel is a shocking move in my eyes. Yeah, and the rain, too, which kind of plays into what you're saying. Like, you'd think they'd be able to run the ball better. I mean, McCaffrey had – I mean, Aaron Jones had 18 carries for 108 yards, but 53 of those came on that one play. Um, and then McCaffrey obviously had 98 yards, two touchdowns. Not a bad day at the office, but it kind of adds to the Brock Purdy discourse that he can't play in the weather because now it's like, oh, yeah, he needs the perfect system, the perfect conditions, the perfect offense – to succeed. Whereas I'm sitting here, I think Brock Purdy's a nice quarterback. I think he made a couple of really nice throws. I don't think he's elite. I think he's fine. And you know, if you're the Packers, look, you're, you're obviously very young. You've got a lot of cap space. You're feeling good going forward, but just remember sometimes these runs, you know, they're, they're kind of a one-off. It's hard to, to make runs every single year. So I think they'll be back in some capacity for sure. But yeah, I'm, I'm not anti-love, but I'm, I'm pumped the brakes on love. Guy. Yeah, you're, you're a like guy, not a love guy. Yes. Ah, I wish I was smart enough to think about uh, that. Elijah Mitchell didn't get a single touch in that game, which I thought was crazy. This is a game that screamed to me. Once you saw Purdy kind of struggle and Debo go down, this is a game that screamed to me, run the ball 25, 30 times. And the Niners didn't do that. And that was very strange to me. You know, there's conversations that Kyle Shanahan had the worst performance as a coach in like his career, essentially. And it's crazy because the first time they've ever uh, one after what was it trailing by like five points in the fourth or something like that. It was his first ever win in that scenario. So it's, I guess a good thing that they got that out of the way and still won. But yeah, I don't, I don't think they look great by any, uh, by any no. means. Luke, th- this conversation just had me change and change my pick. In, really? in the last several moments, I've changed a pick of mine. I'll be honest. The Ravens chiefs talk had me like, or the Ravens talk and the chiefs talk both had me kind of, questioning where yes. I'm where I'm sitting right now uh, final game of the weekend Luke, one of the head-to-heads that I you know two one of the two head-to-heads I've won last week by the way that's so lucky uh, Lions hold off the Bucks 31-23 the Bucks go for it for two after that touchdown to you know trying to cut it to six um oh they don't convert. you would have been so mad if I got the cover that I would have been so mad you would have been so mad I would have been so I would have been so, it would have killed me because I, I would have been okay with the Chiefs not covering and the bills winning by outright. Like I would have taken that once I got the lines, I would have taken that. Um, so that was really shocking that, 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 that was a nice, a nice win to have, um, in, you know, in, in the book, forgot how to talk. Well, I mean, story. I was right about this game. I just, unfortunately didn't get the, the points on my life, but like, I, I kind of knew the Lions were going to have a bit of a stink. Yeah, I guess. I mean, the offense looked good. For, uh, yeah, I, I don't think the Lions had a – and look, I didn't watch a second of the game. Look, I was driving home listening to it. Um, so maybe <laughs> I'm off here. But it felt like the Bucks played better than I expected, and the Lions did what I thought they'd do. Maybe defensively they weren't as good. Is, is that it? I mean, their defense is, their defense is very shaky. Yeah. 
Um, and their secondary is not good. But they, I thought they could – Tampa abandoned the run pretty early. Actually, I thought Rashad White looked good, and then they were kind of like, nah, let's just throw a lot. Um, but then the Lions then, didn't run the ball at all. No, they, they did not at all. And Jameer Gibbs was fantastic, but he only had that one run, and then they were kind of like, yeah, like – I don't know. It's the lines are weird because they, they have the two backs, but like it was very obvious that Gibbs was much better than Montgomery and yet Montgomery got more carries. So it's it's always a weird dynamic with with the running. Well, backs. it's the veteran versus the rookie. And to me, like I don't care about the splits of the guys. I mean, to, to an extent you do. But on the first drive of the game, the lines went three and out and threw the ball three times. How, how right. is that what you're what you're doing here? You know, I think in the second no, half, they, they, so the second half, they did the same thing. Dan Campbell's like, yeah, we need to yeah. run the ball more, and then proceeded to throw the ball three times in route to a three and out. So that was very strange to me as well. It felt like the coaching staffs on both sides, like the Bucks didn't blitz at all. Even the Joe Jared Goff stinks against the blitz. So it was very strange. Yeah, it was a weird game for sure. It's like one of those games that doesn't like kind of feels like a fever dream, right? If you're like before the year, you're like, oh yeah, Lions Bucks is gonna be like the div- divisional round game, and you'd be like, what? Yeah, very strange. Um, couple notes, Luke. Uh, Adam Schefter reporting that Bill Belichick might not coach this season. There's a lot of good coaches that aren't going to get an opportunity. There's only three coaching spots left, and you have uh, Slowix available. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Uh, the the what? He's the coordinator for the Texans. Yeah, you got right? it. You got it. Slowick. Nice. Yeah. Um, uh, ben Johnson is available. Variable's available. Bill Belichick's available. So that's four guys there that you thought would be shoo-ins to to get a nod, and one of them won't. Yeah, I mean. Look, I, I think Atlanta would actually be an interesting spot for Belichick, contrary to popular belief, if they think they can get a quarterback. But if look, if I'm Belichick and I don't love this spot, I don't. I know he's he's obviously old. You don't want to throw away a year, but like, if he's like, yeah, I'll wait till next year. I don't think it's the craziest thing ever. Does he have the time though to sit? But and also, wait? I, yeah, I was gonna say, and if he takes the year, he might just be like, ah, yeah, you know what? Like, I'm good. I'm good. And well, and when you know, look at the 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 openings this year. I feel like the the Falcons are like a nice. That's a nice spot. And I don't know what you're gonna get next off season. You know, maybe you get the Saints if you like the Saints. What you know, what else is gonna be open? I guess the Jets or the Giants could be open next year. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what, if there's a if there's a hot. But like, spot is Bill is go. Bill Belichick waiting? I know he loves the Giants, but is he really waiting? Well, maybe it's not. He's waiting. Maybe job. he doesn't like these openings, and then you know. He likes the, the the Giants enough to go there, right? If he's waiting for the right I, opportunity, I, I think, my point is I don't know if that right opportunity comes in the next coaching cycle. But if, if he thinks the Giants are if, the the answer. I mean, if the rumors are true about Andy Reid, what if Belichick's just waiting to, uh, I don't to know. coach the Chiefs? You, you think Andy Reid retires after this year? If, if, if that was the case, no. I think they would have done a, a better job holding on to, to uh, the enemy, unless they just did not want him as their head coach. And the enemy is kind of now like no one really wants him. Yeah. It seems like Washington might be done with him. And well, it, Michelle Tafoya reported Reed's going to retire after this year. And then Tracy Wolfson, who I trust a lot more, she's still in, you know, on the sidelines more in those meetings. And she said, I'm not hearing that anything about Reed retiring. So I don't think he's going to retire, but it would be kind of funny if Belichick's like, I'm just going to ride Mahomes to get the record and win another. Super That'd be Bowl. crazy. That'd be so awesome. Uh, and then we mentioned before the show or, you know, earlier in the show, the Chargers bring in Jim Harbaugh. I wonder how much they ponied up for him. Because there was talk about him getting, what, like 10, 15 mil from Michigan in that range. Yeah. So they must have offered yeah. a lot of money. It's got to be like 18 mil. Like, it's got to be a crazy, a crazy number. number. 
which look, I, I obviously love Harbaugh. I think this is going to work out pretty well. I mean, he's never failed as a coach, so I, I don't think he's going to fail, but I think this is a tougher spot than people think. Obviously you see Justin Herbert and you're like, okay, you got the quarterback, which is nice, but you've also got his cap hit coming. You've also got a lot of old guys like Eckler and Keenan Allen who aren't exactly who they used mm-hmm. to be. They've got big contracts on defense. So I don't think it's going to be the easiest uh, fix in the world, but I think Harbaugh will probably figure it out eventually. All right, Luke, let's get to our picks. Enough of this. As we currently sit, after last week, you were one and three. You sit 65, 50, and three with a point total of 69 and a half. Again, we don't use two points to the record for each playoff game, but each win is worth two. So that's why we have the points. Wow, hey, breaking news, man. Sorry? Breaking news. The Falcons have uh, hired Raheem Morris to be their head coach, the uh, Rams defensive coordinator. Wow. So, Belichick will not be going to Atlanta. What's with what's with these these teams hiring like nonsense head coaches? Like the the well, the the Titans really fired Mike Vrabel to bring bring in the OC for the Bucks. That's not a good offense. That run game's been bad for 4 years and the Titans, they hired the Bengals off, and that made no sense. I mean, me. the Bengals OCI, sure, at least they've got a, a decent offense. But like, what are we doing? I don't know, man. I don't like. Well, it's he was. How is Ben Johnson not coaching? Looks like that's the guy I'd rather have. Because I think he's pretty locked into the commies. You think so? That seems to be the that seems to be the rumor. Um, Raheem Morris was the Falcons' interim head coach in 2020, so he's kind of like the. No, I'm not going to say that. That might come off wrong. Never mind. Has he just been like the veteran that's been? No, he's kind of like the young. He's kind of like the like young version of these guys at defense. Okay. Like the McVeigh. So like a a Rob Sal. Yeah. Well, he kind of reminds me of. um, Demico Ryan. Who's the Texans head coach? Yes. Thank you. Like he's 47. He comes from a, a good organization in the Rams. I, I think it's going to be kind of like one of those situations. I, I don't hate the hire. I, I think, I don't know. I don't think Belichick is that sexy of a coach for me with the age, with the, the, the last two years have really soured me on Bill Belichick. Look, he's a historically great coach. I'm not taking anything away from him. I don't care that he won all his championships with Brady. Like that doesn't matter to me. I still think he's a top three coach of all time, but the way he managed his coordinators was so dumb. The last few years, the way he managed the quarterback controversy was so strange. And then it just it, it kind of puts a damper on what's been a really good career for him. I, I don't know what that kind of process was like. I agree with you. I and then the Falcons front office, I guess, was not loving the idea of Belichick coming in and being able to make the GM decisions, which they probably feel, you know, they want to do their actual job. So I understand that. But also, I think there is definitely, you know, he's drafted very poorly you mentioned the quarterback situations, the coordinators. So, yeah, I mean, I agree. Although, yeah. I, I don't know if I'd go here. I, I think I'd sooner go with Vrabel, to be honest. Yeah, I would I would love Vrabel in Buffalo, man. I really would. He would fit in so well with that team, too. Yeah, just, like, fix, clean up the defense, let Josh Allen do what he does on offense. But, yeah. Keep the just manage the clock, man. All right, back to the picks, Luke. <laughs> you were trying to throw me off here, so you had more time to – to make your changes, but we're locking Listen, it in now. Sure. No more changing, Luke. All right. Okay. So you sit 65, 50, and three with 69 and a half points. After my glorious three and one week last week, I sit 61, 49, and seven. So I'm one game ahead of you in the loss column, but four games back in the 
win column because I just am addicted to pushes. And I've got 67 and a half points. I went first, or I won the week last week, so I will have you go first. Go ahead, Luke. What do you got for me? Oh. So you're, you're locked I, in. I, I, no, I locked you mean no in, chance. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I want to make sure there's no Tom Fool. No, no, no. So Tom we'll Fool, start. I promise you that. We'll start Ravens Chiefs, right? That's yeah, the, the first game. So when this first dropped, I was leaning Ravens. I, I saw the line. I was like four points. That tells me they're the better team. They're at home. And then I was like, you know what? Four points. I'm taking Patrick Mahomes. I'm taking the Chiefs plus four. I like having him on my side. I know it's. It feels like a square pick, but it almost can't be because you have Patrick Mahomes. So I'm just, listen, if I die with Mahomes, I'm fine with that. You know, he's the greatest quarterback of this generation. He's the greatest thing since sliced bread. There's no way he loses this game. So I'm going to take Chiefs plus four as my pick. I actually had Chiefs early on in the week because it was it was points wow. in Mahomes. That's what I thought. Points in Mahomes, don't overthink it, go for it. But then I sat there and I said to myself, the Chiefs only beat the Bills because their coach is a moron. They only beat the Bills because the kicker okay. missed a field goal. And the injuries that Buffalo had played a big role. This Ravens defense is the best in football. It's best in efficiency. It attacks the quarterback well. It stuffed the run last week. And they manhandled Houston, who is not on the level of Buffalo. But that's a significant win. I like what Lamar Jackson's been doing in the postseason. He looked great last week. They're pretty healthy. They might get Mark Andrews back. I don't know. If not, Isaiah Likely is great. I like Baltimore in this spot. Four points is a lot. And before the show, Luke, I said, you know, four seems like a lot. Three and a half, I'm all in on, on, the, on Baltimore. I don't know why that half point makes a difference in my brain, but it does. But give me Baltimore minus four. I... You, exactly what you laid out is the reason why I first was thinking Baltimore because I, as crazy as it sounds, I still don't know how good the Chiefs are. It still feels like there's that fraud in them. So I'm I'm worried, man. I'm not gonna lie. Like I I, I like your reasoning. Yeah, and I think the linebackers have played really well for Baltimore this this season. So hopefully, you know, in that regard, they can shut down Kelsey a little uh, bit. And and Joe Thune is uh, is banged up on the I Chiefs. I think Pacheco's hurt line. too. Did I see he didn't practice today? Yeah, Pacheco's got a foot injury. But he's gonna play. Oh man, I'm. That's a win right there. We're tied. We're tied. I'm giving you that one. All right. Thank you. <laughs> um, Lions Niners. I have gone back and forth on as well. It's seven points is a lot, but also like we both kind of turned to each other after the Niners game. Or like Niners are gonna blow out the whoever they play next week. Like it felt like that was a game they had to get their demons out, exercise the demons. And then I'm thinking throughout the week, and I'm like, Niners defense doesn't look great against the run. The Lions run the ball pretty well. Seven's a lot of points for a championship game. I think the biggest factor is Debo Samuel's health because the Niners with him, they don't lose against the spread. Without him, they lose. He's banged up. I'm going to bank on his health not being 100%. I'm going to take the Lions plus seven. I think they have a legitimate chance to win this game outright. I just think seven's too many points. Again, what I hate about both these picks for me is they're both very square picks, which I hate. I think everyone's going to be on Lions plus seven. But at the same time, I just I have to do it too many points. So I'm going to take the Lions plus seven. Luke, going into the show, going into 10 minutes ago, I had Detroit plus seven. 
And I sat there and I stewed on it. Oh, no. And I checked my phone for the weather in Santa Clara. And it's nice. It's good weather Sunday. I don't know if this is going to make you feel bad. But it's going to be high of 71, low of 52, partly sunny in California. And I think I love the Niners. Sounds dry. What was that? I said it sounds nice and dry for Brock. It does. Party. No water, no situation. We need a, we need a dry field. Debo was limited in practice today. He's expected to play, even if he's just a decoy. I can't. I just I don't know, man. Like Detroit looked really has looked bad defensively the last two weeks. Like that's not a good defense, at least r- recently. I look at Kyle Shanahan and I say, there's no way he's this bad again. Coaching. I think he's gonna have a great. Coach, outclass your least favorite coach, Dan Campbell. I think that's what happens. And <laughs> when I, I just – I don't know, man. Like, this team had a lot of swagger. They talked a lot of nonsense after, you know, the championship game last year where Brock Purdy gets hurt. And they all said, oh, if we had Brock Purdy, we would have dominated the Eagles. I don't think you can lose this game if you're the Niners. I mean, McCaffrey ran all over, right, Green Bay. Green Bay had that sort of weird voodoo to them. I don't know. Detroit just didn't – they don't uh, – they, they haven't impressed me in the playoffs. Like, they squeaked out a win against a, a, a terrible box team. I don't know. I don't know. I – it's – you know what's bad about this, man? I've been anti-Detroit this entire playoffs, and now I'm hopping on them. It's not a good omen. It really it is really not. It really isn't. I think you're, I think you're on the right side for both of I don't know. But now I, I'm worried because – if we split, but I would have liked to be on the same side of the, of the second game with you. I feel <laughs> yeah, better about Baltimore than I do about the Niners in this spot. Now, if we split, which is likely the, the Super Bowl is going to be, that's, that's crazy. it. We, I have to be on the opposite side of you in the Super Bowl. If that's the case. <laughs> right. You'll have to really get in my mind for two weeks. I love being inside your mind, Luke. I, I mean, I think I really, I'm not even like trying to like jinx it or anything. Like my gambling brain tells me that you are on the right side of both But then I'm on, I'm on both favorites, which feels like a square move. Which, no, I think being on the both underdogs is... I have... This is my... I have... Oh, take Mahomes in the points. Everyone in America is doing it. Oh, that's too many points in championship game in Lions. I, like, I'm, I have both the square picks. I have both the square picks. I'm acknowledging that. Gotcha. Uh, Luke, before we wrap up, we've got a, a comment in our Twitch chat. And if you miss any of the show while you're here on Twitch, you can listen to our podcast. Find us on Twitter, at Wally and Owens. Uh, Balin Solos asks us, who do we have winning the Super Bowl? Which, I guess you can pick from Kansas City or Detroit. I'll pick from Baltimore <laughs> and the Niners. No, no, no. Huh? The li- I just need the Lions to cover. Oh, you're right. Win. You're right. Forgot about that. Same with the Chiefs. I-, I think I'd go... I guess I have to go Ravens. I don't think the Niners can beat the yeah. Ravens. So give yeah. me Baltimore. I think I actually... Give me... Give me the Chiefs. Wow. Give me the Chiefs. There you go. Uh, Chiefs over Lions in the Super Bowl. I, I, I love that. I think the Lions are going to upset the Niners. There you have it. There you have it. Uh, do you have a, a – a, what, what Super Bowl do you want to see out of these four teams? I um, Do I want to see – I don't think... want to see Detroit. I don't know if that's a hot take, but Ooh. the Detroit fans that I know in my life are starting to bother me. Interesting, because there's only one I can think of. Yeah, yeah. And, and you're right on there with it. <laughs> Um, I'd like to see, I think I'd like to see Ravens Niners again, just because it does feel like those are the two best teams, but I, 
I would like to see Mahomes go against the Niners again, too. I think that could be fun. But I, there's no real, I don't think, intriguing. Like, I think they're all interesting, but there's nothing like that really jumps out at you, you know? I think it'll be a good football in both parts. Like, any combination exactly, will be yeah. fine football, but there's nothing, like, there's nothing sexy to it. No, like, it's... If but it's good football. Got, like, yeah. It's good football. I mean, I think no matter what, the Super Bowl's going to be fun. I, I think probably Lions-Ravens would probably be the biggest mismatch possible. Yeah. In my opinion, like I think the Ravens would j- might just bully the Lions, but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting. I think this will be a fun weekend. I think both of us hesitating to make our picks kind of shows that both these games could be very interesting. For sure. Uh, if you missed the moment show again, find us on on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Wilding and Owens Show, on Twitter at Wilding and Owens. We'll catch you guys next week, Luke. Where we'll recap our picks. We'll get you know get on the Knicks. We'll see what's happening there with the the All Star voting that drops at seven. And, and Luke, we're going to have to find some new content now that football's almost over. Yeah, we're going to have to talk about the Nets. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Oh, If Jalen Brunson is not an all-star starter, I will riot. Okay. There you have it first. Uh, Luke's going to storm the Capitol if, if Jalen Brunson is not a, uh, an all-star. Yeah, baby. And by Capitol, I mean the, the, basketball, the NBA headquarters. Yes. That would require you to come down to see that, which you, which you don't do. See me. So, sad. <laughs> All right, that's the show. We'll catch you guys next week. If you missed the moment, catch us on the podcast, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye.